Hey everyone, welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nenny and Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nenny and Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry. Hence why we named the podcast the way that we did. And simply put, we help our clients find the right talent. And each week we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds, how they got started, and where they see the industry heading. We also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. And on today's episode, episode 34, we sit down with Eric Sudol. Really enjoyed my conversation with Eric. We discuss his background and how he built his career through professional sports franchises, which launched him into this role that he's in today as president and CEO of ProStar Energy Solutions, a company owned by the Dallas Cowboys and the Jones family. We discuss why Eric transitioned into this role and how ProStar is positioned today to win in the energy services industry. You'll, of course, want to stick around until the end to hear what Eric wants his lasting legacy to be. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our channel and consider downloading this episode and future episodes. This is really the only way that we can track how many people are actually listening. So if you're one of those people who are streaming the episodes, I urge you to consider hitting that download button instead. And if you're getting value from these episodes, please share it and leave a five-star review. Now, we think you're really going to enjoy this conversation between Eric and I. So let's drop in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today we're sitting down with Eric Sudol, who is the president and CEO of ProStar Energy Solutions. Eric, welcome to the show. Jim, well, thank you uh, so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm glad we're able to make this happen. So before we launch into ProStar and everything that you guys are doing nowadays, let's uh, let's take a step back. Could you tell our audience just a little bit about your background, maybe where you grew up and then how you got started in your career? Yeah, sure, of course. Well, I grew up uh, in a in a very small rural farm community in in Northeast Iowa. That's uh, that's no stoplights. Um, made getting around real easy. Um, I went to undergrad at Cornell College, it's a small private liberal arts school um, in Iowa. Went to graduate school uh, at Ohio University, um, where I would have an MBA and a master of sports administration. We'll get into that a little bit here in a second. I'm really come from the sports business, and so I went to work for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, NBA basketball team. Um, we had just moved into FedEx Forum in, in downtown Memphis, built a beautiful arena. If you've never been there, you should absolutely go. Um, and I, I sold sponsorships for a living. Um, so all the adver- uh, revenue that we generate from corporate advertising. And that was really my profession. And I was fortunate enough to uh, garner a job with the Cowboys uh, when they were building. At that time, it was called Cowboys Stadium, but obviously eventually AT&T Stadium. And the reason I was enthralled, you know, kind of... Um, interested in the job is because it was about selling the seats and suites. And I really wanted to be president of an NFL franchise in order to do that. I need to understand all aspects of the revenue stream. So I moved from sponsorships over to tickets and suites. And you're probably wondering this long story, how the heck am I, I sit here uh, with, with this background uh, leading pro star energy solutions. And uh, it really ties in a lot, uh, Jim, with the DNA of our company and, and who we are. So if I continue that story a little bit further, um, and kind of how we're sitting here today. Yeah, we're building AT&T Stadium, really the recession had hit. And uh, my job at the time was selling suites. Of course, selling suites in the middle of the 2008 financial uh, crisis was there have been easier things that have been done. Uh, but nonetheless, it was really important um, to the franchise. And I was doing okay. So I think I candidly got a lot more exposure to the Jones family than I probably ever should have been afforded uh, of the Dallas Cowboys. And, and maybe they think more of me than they should, which is actually true as well. Uh, but nonetheless, um, had good success there. I eventually took over our ticket and suite team. I led that really to completion. 
uh, went over to our sponsorship business. Uh, we built the, the star where we really were leveraging sponsorships with our naming rights, the Ford Center, how we turned our practice facility into a high school football stadium and really did some innovative things. Uh, and subsequently from there as well, I was leading a, a sister company of ours that we own a third of called Legends. Legends does many things, but my role was to oversee our sponsorship business globally. And in particular, I was really leading the charge uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders um, sales campaign of seats and suites uh, and the naming rights to Allegiant Stadium. So I spent a lot of time in Las Vegas. And really, as all that came to a close, uh, Jim, the Joneses had uh, secured 100% ownership of, of ProStar. Uh, so we're owned by the Cowboys or the Jones family. And, you know, as we're thinking about the, just the future of this business and them being just great entrepreneurs, uh, we've had this business for a while and, and really thought, you know, that the opportunity to, to bring it kind of closer to what we're doing um, and, you know, make sure we have the right direction and honestly ensure that everything that's commensurate with the Cowboys in terms of experience, execution, brand, strategy resonated throughout this business. And um, they were fortunate to, to offer me the position to lead the charge. Yeah, we think of Texas and we think of the energy services industry. We think of like oil and gas typically. Yeah. But what you guys are doing is obviously different. So what what about this industry, you know, solar and LED lighting and IoT and HVAC and all these ECMs that you guys are implementing? What about this space was attractive to, to not only you, but, you know, to the Jones family originally when they invested in this business? Yeah, the, a couple of things, you know, when we say ProStar Energy, uh, originally, of course, a lot of people equate the Jones family and Jerry's, you know, some of his original wealth uh, comes from the oil business. Sure. Uh, so we're quick to, you know, kind of auto correct that. But honestly, the brand's built so much that, you know, there is a distinction of, hey, this is this is an oil and gas drilling. Um, but the reality is. The Jones family, if you look at their success in business. And I could give multiple examples of this. They do two things. Uh, one, anytime they have a cost in their life, they turn around and monetize it. And then subsequently, it actually goes in parallel. They always tend to look and see opportunity where others see obstacles. So in the, how this business comes about, we're moving into AT&T Stadium, 3 million square feet of air-conditioned space. We're moving from you know outdoor Texas Stadium, which was 900,000. Of course, you can imagine the energy bill associated with Three million square feet of air-conditioned space on a um, on a non-traditional schedule, mind you, as well. And you know, deregulation had really was still in its infant stages. It obviously had been around for a few years in Texas. And you know, someone in the broker business came along and really kind of educated the family on on how we could get the bill to um, a more economical uh, situation. And they said, "Hey, that seems like a decent business," and uh, embarked on it. Uh, one caveat there, which is. Uh, contrary to how they normally behave, they didn't own the majority of it. Um, and so they had a kind of a looser affiliation with it, but obviously a minority stake in the business. And really, the business was wildly successful, uh, riding you know the coattails of still um, low adoption rates and energy procurement and, and opportunities on there. Uh, but of course, that did business just like all matures. And then, well, that was really the definition of energy management. Uh, but lighting comes along here quickly, and then uh, you add that variable to the fold. Uh, we go out and we, we secure an energy efficiency business. Once again, it wasn't through the exact ownership structure, but through a series of things, they now have it all together. And my first thing was to make sure that these two businesses come together in one holistic business, right? Because it truly all sings together. Maybe on the surface, obviously, you know, procurement's based on, you know, paid on consumption and efficiencies based on re, uh, paid on reduction. But if we're truly about the customer and lifetime value of the customer, they absolutely belong together. 
And in particular, deregulated markets, it gives us a, a significant point of differentiation. Now that 100% makes sense. So I guess for you, right, you, your success came through different disciplines within the sports industry here. So what was attractive about this opportunity for you? And, and you know, how, I guess the second part of that, how steep was the learning curve on the technology and, and just the industry space? We used to LED lighting and solar, like what is all this stuff about? Yeah, well, I'll answer the last uh, one first. Yeah, it, it is. I have entrenched myself. Um, I am not a, a technical expert. All right. My job is to ensure I'm surrounded by all the technical experts um, and have that. Uh, and I have to have enough of a baseline knowledge uh, for credibility and many other things and to make you know strong strategic decisions. Um, I, I enjoy that. I actually kind of enjoy that thirst for knowledge associated with that um, and how really it, it all fits together. But to back up and answer your first question, Jim, what intrigued me about this? I have so much respect for this family. And I've watched their business success and their business acumen across many things. Of course, you think of them, you think of the Cowboys. Right? If you look at the valuation of the Cowboys in the last 25 years, and, and really was close to a 500 on-field performance, I mean, that's, that's intriguing. What, what did they do that made that? Right? They're in the real estate development business. There are many other businesses. And I watch when they, put, when they push their kind of chips in, for lack of better terminology, which is what their commitment was to this business, it just works out. And so the ability now to take this brand and use all the resources of marketing, in-house marketing of the Cowboys, legal, whatever it might be, and take that expertise and apply it to this, I, I found myself crazy to pass up an opportunity. And then subsequently, I did my diligence on where I believed this was headed. Right. Um, I, you know, I wasn't an expert the day that uh, I got in and not an expert yet, but I saw the trends uh, to, to really make some strategic decisions. And I said, we have some tailwinds here and it's time to capitalize. Yeah, I think we're, we're definitely going to get into that. But uh, as far as trends and where you see the industry heading. But before we do that, I guess what I was I was curious about. So we've been hinting at it this whole time, what ProStar is and how you guys are going to market. But for anyone listening to this that's trying to put all the pieces of the puzzle together, could you just give us a brief overview of who ProStar is and, and how you guys are going to market today, types of clients you work with and different ECMs and energy conservation measures that you guys are implementing today? Yeah, the, uh, well, you nailed it. Um, you said putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And if you see our, our brand materials, it's exactly that, right? Okay. This okay. is an interconnected jigsaw puzzle. And how lighting ties into HVAC, ties into IOTs, ties into energy procurement, how it ties into demand response, how we sleeve in solar, when we sleeve in solar, right? How we use finance and rebates and incentives. It truly, it's like squeezing balloons. Uh, squeeze one, something happens here. And our job as subject matter experts and to truly be a holistic energy advisors is to educate customers and future-proof their business about where this is going. Now, yes, do we, Jim, have projects that are LED con and controls-only projects and you know retrofit rollups? Yes, of course we do. Uh, same thing with solar projects, right? You could go across each of our respective disciplines, and we have kind of project-based business associated with that. But the true value, whatever or wherever the conversation starts, is to create customer lifetime value by talking about the jigsaw puzzle and, and, and providing strategic advice on that. So we see and how we go to market to answer your, your comment or your question specifically is we talk about energy as an opportunity. It goes exactly to the DNA of our company, 
right? We always identify opportunities where others see obstacle. A lot of people talk about energy and say, hey, you pay your bills or, or do my lights work, but unlocking the opportunity in there. And many times people think about that in the form of energy um, efficiency or ECM measures, but it's much more than that, right? It's using this as a vehicle to achieve business goals. Um, and so a broader level and more holistic business approach to it is really how we, we add incremental value. Oh, that makes sense. And I uh, know when we got um, introduced to your, your organization, I started doing some research. I mean, it, it looks like what, what you guys are doing is very similar to, you know, we do a lot of work in the traditional ESCO performance contracting arena, right? The guaranteed yep. savings, more on yeah. the public side. It's almost like you guys are taking you know, a similar approach there, multiple ECMs, and applying it more to the private sector. Would you say that's fair? Commercial, industrial, healthcare type clients? Is, is that what you guys are, are seeing for the most part right now? Uh, I think that's very fair, right? We do a lot of work at uh, uh, other sectors of focus, agriculture in particular, dairy, data centers. Um, you, you'll see uh, work in universities. Um, and then the other thing too is, right, we obviously have to, we talk a lot about is we got a, you know, whole market. You know, the state of Texas, that, and that's companies based here that have a national presence, but we'll work with any CNI customers. We work with them across the country, but obviously be making sure that we're doing well in our backyard. Yeah, that's the, the part that I thought was interesting because you're right. A lot of the organizations that I'm sure you compete with maybe have one or two disciplines that they specialize in, right? Yeah. So the fact that you guys are taking this holistic approach and bringing it all under one umbrella, I think is uh, is brilliant. It makes sense. And it sounds like your customers are seeing the value in that as well. So so let's hover out for a second. You touched on it, but let's look at uh, maybe where you see the future of the industry heading. And you could take that from a couple of different angles here, whether that's from a particular technology or just an overall trend. So what do you yeah. think next five or 10 years? Yeah, I'll, I'll equate it back to my, my, so I still oversee the Cowboy sponsorship business. So I'm, I'm still working with them hand in hand, you know, but it's five years ago, people would be like, well, I, I have to, I, ha I need a, I need a digital presence. I need a social campaign. And I'd be talking to brands about buying sponsorships and they're not social brands at all. I'm like, but they had to have it. It, did, it didn't matter what, maybe a poor analogy, but analogy to some degree, it had such buzz associated with it that everybody talked about it. You see a little bit of that with sustainability. Now, sustainability has tangible results, but there is a lot of, of buzz associated with this. And that buzz is creates that tailwind. So that would be one in terms of, I think the buzz is going to create conversations that maybe weren't on the forefront. And obviously, you see it in the Fortune 500s. We'll see it uh, trickle down to the middle markets. But that's really tangible results. That's applicable to everybody because everybody can contribute in that regard. Social media, that example, not everyone needs a social media campaign, but the buzz created a lot of conversations about a sponsorship that may have not otherwise exist before with a, with a certain brands. That would be point one. Point two, I'll talk broadly and I'll use the word technology, which we all use that word probably way too much. Um, but technology, if not, will touch everything. To think about the fact that it's December 23rd and we're having this conversation and I can have all of my Christmas gifts tomorrow if I wanted it in the click of two buttons. That's technology. If I want to leave this office right now, I, I don't even need a car. Um, and now here comes mobility as a service. Technology has touched certain parts of this business. I think the growth in IoT, once again, a, a fairly word that's used often. Sure. It, 
but how all that jigsaw puzzle that we talked about fits together and how technology is going to really integrate all of it is a key piece of where I see this going. And then there's obviously a data associated with that. So, you know, some people used to say oil is the greatest resource in the world, time is the most valuable resource in the world. One could make a strong argument, and we do that data is the most valuable resource in the world. And who holds the data holds the keys, and that's all embedded in the technology and how this all works together. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a reason why uh, Facebook and Google are worth billions and billions and control right. everyone's time and attention. So uh, that 100% makes, makes sense. So, so good. All right. So what I wanted to do here, Eric, was transition to the, the last part of the show here and ask you the same four questions that I ask to every guest who comes on the Building okay. Efficiency Podcast. I wanted to start off here and ask you, what are your daily non-negotiables? I'll give you the one. Uh, I, I don't worry. I have a long list, but I'll give you the one. Culture supersedes everything. Um, no matter uh, intellect, um, it's always culture. And culture is living out our mission. Um, and if we live out our mission, we will be successful. Um, and it's really that simple. I thought you were going to say going to the gym or something like that or get, getting a workout <laughs> in at the Cowboys, uh, workout Cowboys facility. Did. Yeah. I wish that was a daily non-negotiable. <laughs> of course, I find myself negotiating with myself. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. And uh, let's rewind the clock to uh, to 22-year-old Eric. You're graduating. And um, I forgot, where, where did you get your undergrad from? Cornell College. Cornell College. Okay. What, what advice would you give to your 22-year-old self? Breathe. <laughs> now, I, uh, that, that would actually be one, but it actually ties really to my real answer. My real answer is, <clears throat> you know, we set strategy, we set direction, and we have to, right? We create predictable process to, to yield predictable results. And so you're like, I'm going to do A, at least a B, B to C, C to D. Um, and you have to have that. But the reality is A tends to go to A minus, and then you get to B, and then B maybe. And, and so you've got to be comfortable. And Jerry Sr. has a famous saying. He talks about tolerance with ambiguity. And you have to have that. Uh, and I didn't, uh, I've gotten much better at that. Tolerance with ambiguity. I'll have to write that one down. I haven't heard that one yet. I like that. Uh, what, that's, what, his, that's his quote. His quote, not mine. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll make sure that we give him credit. If we, if we use this one for the soundbite for the episode, we'll uh, we'll make sure we give Jerry Senior credit on that one. And uh, what what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Yeah, uh, building, right? And that was one of the other intrigues of, of taking this job. We've had we've had uh, two great companies, but the opportunity to merge them together and and take it to another level. But it's not just building companies. I uh, it's about building people. Uh, building process, uh, the the growth of the company is actually the outcome of those two. That fires me up. And last question here: What do you want your lasting legacy to be? Well, my uh, goal and hope is that you know um, that people that interact with me when I'm when I'm gone and they say it is that they are a better person because of that. And so, so I try to live my life. Of course, I don't uh, fall short to that, but. I think that's really a true test of, of people. Um, if we can interact with someone and make that person a better person, then we've succeeded. All right. Well, I think that's a, a good way to, to wrap up the show here. But before I let you go, we're going to have to do round two of this podcast at the star. I think next time I'll have to fly down, I'll bring the equipment and we'll do uh, episode two. That, that, is, that is a must and I look forward to it. All right. All right. Well, thanks a lot for the time, Eric. Thanks for having me, Jim. All right. 
All right, there you have it. Episode 34 with Eric Sudol. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. Now, we hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues. And the one last thing that I would ask here, if you have any ideas for future guests from the industry, please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.